Hello and welcome back to the podcast. So today I'm going to be talking about how do how do I heal from the guilt of moving on with someone else? And this was a question that I got in from someone on Instagram. I put out questions on social media for um, this podcast specifically that to explore areas where people felt stuck. And this was a really good question that came in. Um, the guilt of moving on with someone else. How do you attend to this? How do you heal with this? And I think, especially with relationships ending, there can be a lot of guilt that can come up for a number of reasons. And it's important to actually look at what guilt is, the purpose that it's there for, and how that can manifest when somebody has left a relationship. And the context and nature of the breakup is also very important. Guilt is rooted in the belief that you've done something that you believe to be wrong. Um, or that you regret. You've broken one of your own codes, rules, or expectations, and you've fallen short in your own estimation of how you believe you should have behaved. Now, when we're looking at guilt and we're starting to explore it, what can be helpful is to look at, is the guilt appropriate and is it proportionate? Have you done something that warrants feeling guilty? Are you experiencing an appropriate amount of guilt around the behavior that you engaged on. Some people are going to have varying perspectives on this, and that's because we we all have different belief systems. We all have different rules that we adhere to. We all have different expectations within our families, what we expect of ourselves, what we expect of other people, our partners, what we believe they expect of us. And then obviously we have societal conditioning around how we feel we should engage when we're in relationships, how we should conduct ourselves. And I think that can be such a loaded topic when people are exiting relationships or if they're moving on in varying, varying stages in life um, and the judgments that are centered around that. And that's an important word too when we're talking about guilt. It's judgment. The judgment around the thing that you've done or the behavior that you've engaged on is either regrettable or you should feel a degree of embarrassment, shame, remorse, regret around the thing that you've done. And the thing is, with, within the scope of relationships, and especially with breakups, the, the idea and concept of guilt can sometimes lead to a bit of a blurred area um, because there's numerous reasons as to why relationships deteriorate. And there's numerous reasons as to why people cope in the way that they do, the way they handle breakups and how they choose to exit those systems. And it's not always black and white it's not just a clear decision of i'm leaving you know for certain people they may have tried dozens of ways of getting their needs met they may have had repetitive conversations about what needed to change for some people they could be operating from this place of denying how they truly feel um and that that could have been for the duration of the relationship and you know that that wouldn't be on the partner in that sense of you know a failure to communicate but when we look at condition and we look at why people cope in the way that they cope that 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 can be a massive nuance to this conversation and we'll use we use cheating or infidelity for an example so if someone has cheated and this has brought about the end of the relationship you know they may feel guilt around how they behaved the hurt that was caused the breach of trust the impact on the other partner you know, feeling betrayed, humiliated, rejected, um, not enough, all those things, shamed. And also the way in which things came about, how this was discovered, the impact of it, the perception of other people, the change in the sense of self, and the impact that. And 
we can look at this and there can be genuine harm caused, you know, especially on that level of self-esteem and self-worth. And for the person that may be engaged on the infidelity, there can be genuine regret, there can be genuine remorse, there can be an appropriate and proportionate level of guilt, right? Especially where there's affairs, infidelities and breakups. That's in a whole other conversation when we're looking about guilt in that scenario. When we're talking about, and look, just, just even on that, um, person to person, relationship to relationship, you will find that there are people that won't feel guilt. You know, they'll feel that the affair was justified. They'll feel like the infidelity was justified. They will have their own code of conduct, their own behavior, their own meaning making as to why that was okay for them, why that needed to happen. They might not, not feel any appropriate feeling of remorse or guilt. And that's that's their, their blueprint. That's how they've made sense of things. And it will be on a person-to-person -person level how that will impact them. And this is why when we look at other people's behaviors and we look at people exiting systems, we, we really don't have the full context as to what's going on. We don't understand the full depth of why they did the things that they did, how some people are able to just move on without any hangups, without any regrets, without any judgments on that. And that might be rooted in you know their own belief systems, their own rationale around that behavior. And for others, you know, they might never be able to let go of the guilt. They might carry it with them for the rest of their life. You know, it might have totally taken them down in their own estimation. Their own sense of self, you know, has become affected from acting out, you know, stepping out, maybe being in a betrayal or an infidelity or having an affair, you know, even leaving for some people, exiting the system, you know, moving on with somebody else. The guilt around that action, the judgment around it, the impact on the ex-partner, you know, their feelings, how they're going to cope. Some people can never let the guilt of that away or let it go, you know, especially where there's moral and religious judgments that come in here. And this might be speaking more towards people that have engaged in moral vows. That idea of, you know, staying in the marriage, even when it's not working for better or for worse. Um, that idea of what the parental expectations might be, the familial system and the wider, the wider two networks of each partner. And that, that can be something that people have a lot of guilt around. And it's also what I mentioned there earlier about expectations, what the person expected of themselves, what they believe their partner expected of them and what other people, what other people's expectations might be around how somebody should handle a breakup, how somebody should handle repairs and relationships. And the thing is like, I'm speaking to a very broad context here. because I'm not looking at just a specific of oh, a relationship ended and I've moved on with somebody else and I'm feeling terrible. There could be a whole sequence of events as to why that got to that place. I don't know if it's a long-term relationship, a short-term relationship. I don't know if there's kids in the mix, if somebody's married. But the context is quite important, but also that person's perception of guilt would also be very important. Where is that stemming from? Where is that judgment stemming from? Is it coming from their belief system? Is it coming from their own um, religious experience? Is it coming from the partner, the ex-partner, you know, they're handling things their story their their experience of the breakup their expectations that haven't been met or is it their own expectations of self well i should have stayed i should have been there i shouldn't have had this i shouldn't have had that you know and i think that's important because when we look at guilt and we look at what guilt is supposed to be there for it's the correct behavior and it's rooted in moral codes of behavior the idea of what we believe to be right or wrong and this is why i'm saying pardon me for some people it can be subjective some people can feel completely justified in their behavior. Some people can be indifferent. You know, they'll, they'll feel that their behavior was warranted. 
And again, we could look at some scenarios where people break up and they're, they're completely indifferent because they knew that it was the right thing to do. They knew that moving on was what they really, truly wanted. They knew that there was a whole sequence of events that led to that person losing interest in the relationship. And, you know, they're not viewing it from the place of a contract. They're not viewing it from the place of, I have to love to meet this other person's needs. They've rooted it back into the self. And that idea of right and wrong, that idea of the judgment centered around that and the expectation centered around that, as I mentioned, is unique person to person, background to background, religious elements are a factor, societal expectations are a factor. And it's how much that person feels that they need to live up to them, whether it's for their self, the other person, or what, what was expected of them as a partner. However, just on that, not all exits require convoluted explanations. In your heart, you may know that this isn't what you want. You know, some relationships need to end because staying within them would feel like a self-betrayal, a slow death, feeling resentment, frustration, overwhelm, feeling trapped, intuitively denying parts of your experience to stay connected in a space you no longer feel content on, connected on, unfulfilled, and the cost to the sense of self to do this. And that can go energetically against the logic in your mind. Why I should stay. All those expectations, all those judgments, all those rules that I have about how I should show up. The battle of the head and the heart is very different. And you can rationally think of reasons to stay in a relationship. Why someone is a great partner on paper. The time you've spent together. The experiences that have shaped you both, that you've grown through. The times that you were there for each other the good and the bad, the difficult. The truth is you can love someone very, very deeply and care about them. And in your core, you can still know that this is no longer what you want in this season of your life. And I think that's a very, very difficult conclusion to come to because it's, it's not something, you know, the love just doesn't go away in, in all contexts. The person that's feeling guilt at some, on some level does still care, you know, because they wouldn't feel guilt if they didn't care. That's the paradox. And all those things are valid. Those experiences, all those things that you shared are worth being grateful for and they're worth cherishing, you know, in time. But the thing is, is that enough of a reason to deny all those parts of the self, you know, to deny your intuition, to deny those really strong feelings in your heart that this isn't what you want. And that, that is the grief that comes with letting go of the old container. And it's not about that person not being a good partner. It's not about that person not meeting the need. It's not about all those things that we can interject in a narrative. It's just being true to yourself, loving, loving life. By that, compass your own internal guide of knowing that is this what I really truly want? Is this the the spaces that I want to be in? Is this the person that I'm choosing to share aspects of life with? And if not, why am I clinging to this so fiercely? Why am I holding on, even though I know that this is causing me distress internally? And multiple things can be true. You can be so thankful for all those experiences that were shared and grateful for that relationship and what it gave in the season that you were in, while also knowing that in the depths of your heart, this isn't what you want going forwards. And that is the major internal conflict between what you know you want and feel and what you think you should want and what you think you should do. And you have to weigh up the cost. You know, what kind of partner would you be long-term staying in a container that you don't want to be in? And how would this influence how you show up? And is it fair to your partner? 
or that partner, I should say. Because the cost is going to be quite great. And if you don't address how you feel consciously, and you keep pushing those feelings down, and you deny them, they will find other destructive ways to come out. And I think that sometimes can happen. You know, this is where other partners can be waiting in the wings. This is where affairs and infidelity can start to happen. This is where longing for a different way of life can start to creep in. And, you know, you're not able to be fully present and appreciative and grateful of all those things that that partner, that current partner is able to provide. And you're going to start to see the negatives. You're going to start to magnify that. You're going to change how you're showing up from a place of resentment and frustration. And that is going to affect the connection because you're not being true to yourself. And energetically, we can feel this with partners, you know, um, and it's worth exploring internally and taking time. Are you staying out of commitment, obligation, or even dependence? You know, who would this person be if you weren't in their life? Would they be able to cope without you? How much responsibility have you taken for how they show up in life? You know, this could be with their career could be with their finances, could be their ability to take care of themselves. You know, do you plan everything for them? Are you their crutch? You know, is this how you have felt needed and connected through life? And is this the barrier do you actually let this go? In terms of commitment and obligation, is it because you've spent X amount of years together? So should you spend another five, 10 before it's okay to leave? Before you admit to yourself how you really feel? Have you always taken on this responsibility? Or are you just coming to terms with the fact that this is the way it's been for such a long time and you don't want to do this anymore? And again, context is also very important because some people might have married, they may have taken vows, religious commitments, and that can be a major source of guilt. And once it's connected to faith, you know, whether you're Christian or, you know, from another religion, guilt manifests in different ways, but underneath that is the judgment again. The idea that I've fallen short of an expectation, I am now less than, or something about me has now changed as a result of this behavior. And that religious judgment around why you should feel guilty, or that you should be compelled to stay in a container you don't want to be in, you know, there's nuance to those questions. Was there growth? Was that person willing to do the work? Were you willing to do the work? What had you tried up to that point? How many rep repetitive arguments and disagreements and you know, different things that took place before you got to this place, you know, what was the capacity or willingness for things to change? And it's not, it's not always black and white. Sometimes we go into marriages with the best of intentions, but sometimes there's also that self-denial piece is still very strong. I've spoken with so many clients that knew for a long time, even years on their relationship that this isn't right. This isn't what they want. They still go along with it. They have kids, they get married. And those, those rites of passage, those things that happen, still don't take away the feelings that are inside that this isn't it. This isn't what, what they really truly want to be doing or how they want to be living, but it's got so far away from them. They felt powerless, they were coasting, they weren't really in control of their own life. And then adding on that religious judgment as well, it's just another layer of shame, another layer of embarrassment, another layer of criticism and judgment, worrying about what other people would think worrying about what their friends and family might think, their community. But it, it has rooted a lot of the time in self-denial, you know, not really owning up to how you feel. And then that thing about not wanting to hurt the partner, you know, are you really hurting them by not being honest? Because in some way are you living a lie by staying? And what would be the impact on them long term? 
and that's sometimes why these exits take place and as painful as they are sometimes there's opportunities that can come out of this for both people they have avenues for happiness happiness because the veil is lifted we're no longer deceiving each other we're no longer deceiving ourselves and that's an area um and the fixation on what other people will think can sometimes feed on that judgment whether it's your friends your family your circle or the ex-partners and you know that is the difficult thing to talk about like loving the person and also recognizing the upheaval and the pain that this will cause and then it's also taking responsibility for this idea of it's your life and that's not you know i'm not saying this in a selfish way like fuck everybody but i mean like it is your life they love you have to take ownership of your choices you have to take ownership of what it costs you to ignore you know your true internal feeling of what you want for your life what you want your life to look like and who you want to be on it and are you prioritizing their happiness what they want for their comfort or for their connection over the sake of what you want for your own life and that's a big that's a big topic i'm not saying it's an easy question to answer but anybody i think that has wrestled with these thoughts that has moved on that has felt guilt can probably relate a lot to what i'm talking about and it's not like there's you know obviously there's a lot of different things that go into a relationship breaking down and i am going to touch on this on this uh episode but just thinking out loud here at the moment um and i think like when we look at coping how people cope their behavior won't always make sense this you know especially for people that people please you know that that is how people can stay trapped in relationships they trapped in jobs trapped in dynamics for years and years and years because they didn't feel resourced to have those conversations they didn't feel resourced to act you know and i'm not saying that that is the a justification for relationships just abruptly ending but what i will say is when people get true to themselves and they slow down and this can often happen in therapeutic containers it can happen when people have significant life events and things change and it makes them confront reality i was going to say mortality there it's a bit deep but that idea of life and what they want from it you start to weigh things up in different ways and i think when people go into therapy and they start to understand how did i get to this place you know what has shaped me what has brought me to this way of being and how has my relationships reflected this and they become clear on who they are and what they want and what they expect and what's theirs and what's not theirs in terms of conditioning in terms of expectations and they really get silent and they tune on themselves and i, I don't mean this in like a woo-woo way i mean genuinely being with the self and then that that small internal voice starts to get stronger and that gauge you that that those guide where you're going um and it can be hard to ignore when that starts and it's not about a lack of love or consideration for the person but it is that self-betrayal piece that we spoke about and it's weighing that up like what would it cost me to ignore this what would it cost me to push this down to deny this feeling to turn a blind eye to how i'm really experiencing this relationship and it's it's not clear cut for everybody some people have kids in the mix they have to co-parent you know there could be hostile interactions with in-laws you know they could be isolated they might not have a friendship group a support network they might not have their own family of origin they lean on things can become messy even legally with separations and finances and properties and i don't think people make these decisions lightly even though to the ex-partner it might feel like a very frivolous or impulsive reason but the thing is you don't know how long that person's been carrying it um that internal feeling and i know to an extent it was their responsibility to communicate but speaking broadly because i don't have all the context 
sometimes we have to move the curiosity in our own therapeutic journey. Why, why did that person do that? You know, what was underneath that for them? Why did they handle it in that way? And also being an impact of that for the self, like what was that like for me? What did that bring up? You know, the feelings of rejection or the not enoughness and, you know, being discarded and the comparison that comes with them moving on with someone new, especially in small towns, you know, where people talk and gossip and stuff comes up. But for the people that were asking this question about the guilt, your main responsibility is to yourself, first and foremost. And I mean, if you have no other dependence on that relationship dynamic. So the ex-partner's family, the ex-partner support network, the ex-partner's friendship circle, and yours, you know, the small town people that will be talking about things, that's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is the self, taking care of yourself and recognizing what's true for you. You have to recognize also within this how your own behavior has contributed to you staying potentially for a long time. And that is the self-betrayal piece, the people pleasing, going against your gut feeling. And in my experience with clients, sometimes this can be for years at a time, the denial of the extent of the problem. You can't take responsibility for how someone will cope post-breakup. That will ultimately fall on them as their responsibility towards themselves. For them to seek help and support, they move through the breakup. And if you've acted with integrity, you've communicated in a respectful way that it is over, despite it being difficult, despite it being sad, possibly even devastating for the partner. But that's all that can be done from that perspective. You can't stay and live your life for another person. When in your heart you know this isn't what you want, you can love them and care for them and regret that this is what has come to pass. But you have to be true to yourself because it's also unfair for them to be with someone who isn't fully invested in the shared future of the relationship. And as I say, there's a lot of moving parts to this. It's not, it's not a black and white thing, you know. And you can acknowledge that it's hard for them and you can have empathy for them and you can care for them from a distance. But the perspective shift over time has to come back to the self. You taking care of yourself. Now, I feel like it's important while we're on this topic, just looking at connection and connection waning in relationships and, you know, unmet needs that some kind, sometimes can drive relationships breaking down. And, you know, there's been lots of studies done as to why relationships end, but they're not always the things that come to the forefront of our mind. And I just wanted to run through a few of these wee points just so that you've got a bit of food for thought. You know, if, if you are the person struggling with guilt as they why, you know, why did I eventually move on? Why, why did I decide to let go of that relationship? And one of the big ones that comes up, and it's not a sexy topic, it's lack of communication or dysfunctional communication patterns. So this is like repetitive arguments, you know, not being able to communicate in a, an empowered way, reacting as opposed to responding, um, being critical, contemptuous, defensive, shutting people down, shutting people out, silent treatment, all those, all those behavior patterns. And communication patterns that don't don't lead to any clarity on what needs to change. Um, also, a person's inability to communicate that won't communicate can make things very difficult. Uh, per conflict resolution, so no repairs, not actually attending to the disagreements, um, ignoring that there's a problem. Um, any kind of abusive behavior, Jesus goes without saying that 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 shouldn't have any place in a relationship that you're in. 
differences and values and goals. I think this is a big one too. So wanting different things in life and potentially at different stages. So you could be with somebody three, four, five years and that person may grow and change substantially. They might decide that they don't want to get married. They don't want to settle down. They don't want kids. They don't want, they want to travel. They want to prioritize work on their career. And look, all those things are valid, but they also create space for potential deal breakers to come into the mix. And that, that could be some of the reasons why some people that have messaged them have moved on, have left relationships because they want the different things or their values had changed or they could see maybe where their partner hadn't grown or was unwilling to grow um, and the cost of that long-term they stay in. A lack of intimacy and emotional connection, and this is a big one, I spoke about this before, so not being able to attune, not being able to connect, not understanding what makes your partner feel valued, appreciated, respected, special, you know, are you there for them? Are you making quality time for them? Um, is there a core of friendship? Do you enjoy being around each other? And then naturally the quality of the sex life, um, you know, is, is it more from a place of obligation, like a chore? Is it something that you resent? You know, there's maybe a lack of connection emotionally that's leading to a lack of connection physically. And is there a capacity for things to change? And I think just on this, for the people that are maybe listening to this that have engaged in infidelity or affairs, maybe that brought about the, the breakup, Sometimes what can happen, especially with infidelity, is, you know, if they go off and they have an experience and it's blown their mind with somebody else physically or sexually, there can be massive levels of guilt, you know, the consent around that, that can actually lead to psychosexual issues, that can actually lead to connection issues and attachment issues then within that container. And it can be very, very difficult for somebody who has had those experiences then to go back into the container of that initial relationship and be present and actually have the fulfillment from that because now they've got a comparison now they've got something else there in the, in the mind that wasn't there before um also we've got the impact the trauma the impact of um how that can show up you know within physical intimacy as well especially if that person's not aware of the extent of the problem or why they feel the way they feel or if they've got embarrassment or shame around certain things um, also expectations and conditioning around frequency of sex, the nature of sex, um, and intimacy within relationships, because there's a lot of assumptions and stuff that are problematic that come from society that aren't really rooted in what actual normal healthy experiences of a sex life should be. Um, and you see this a lot when couples actually start to talk about frequency, sex drive, expectations, you know, and even how the communication around that's handled can be a problem. Um, Infidelity, as I mentioned, betrayal, breaches of trust, um, massive, massive, massive reasons for relationships breaking down. Different levels of commitment, so somebody might be non-committal, um, ambiguous about what they want going forward. So again, as I mentioned, not, not being open to marriage, kids, settling down, different things, prioritizing career, um, financial issues. Is the person financially responsible? You know, are you the bread, are you the breadwinner? Are they dependent on you? Are you under chronic stress, unsupported? Does the person struggle with addiction or gambling? Are they impact all of that on the relationship? Um, I think there's an old saying as well. When poverty comes in through the door, love exits through the window because that is the extent of financial stress on a relationship. It puts us in survival mode. It makes us lose sight sometimes of the actual unit of connection between the couple because they're in survival. It's like we don't have that solid foundation. It's not that we don't have it, but everything else is under massive stress and tension. Different lifestyles, uh, non-compatibility, living parallel lives, one person not growing, the other person being growth resistant, 
lack of inclusion in each other's lives and networks. This is massive. So not feeling like you're a part of your partner's life. You know, they might have separate friends groups, separate hobbies. Um, they might not have anything and you might have so much, but they may not want to be included. They may not want to do those things. Or you may find that your interests are diversifying and going in a different direction. That person's just simply not, you know, they're, they're just very much they are who they are. But that you're starting to see that connection waning or, or that, that effort not being made to be a part of your world as well. Or you could be that person that's just simply not willing to connect with them as well. Um, power imbalances. So not having your own independence, your own autonomy, the ability to make your own decisions. Any form of abusive behavior goes without saying physical, emotional, financial, sexual, um, digital, any of those things. Um, there should be no space of that in a relationship. And if there is, that can also lead to relationships breaking down, connection breaking down. I mentioned work and life stressors. So major stressors of change in life include grief, loss, illness, career change, pregnancy, um, all those different things coming into the mix massively can shift and impact the nature of a relationship. And as, just as I spoke there earlier about guilt being rooted in judgment, judging yourself for a behavior around something that you've done, it's also worth looking at the intention and how you felt at that time and why you did the things the way that you did them. Like when I work with this in the therapeutic container, I tend to work with a feeling, I tend to look at the expectations, I tend to look at the belief systems and the conditioning. I use varying techniques to work with the guilt and free the person from that. But you know, other people's perceptions and other people's percept or judgments aren't your responsibility because you can't control them. You can't shift how they might think and feel. And nor should you, because it's it's not something that you can control. You have to get right in your own head and in your own mind and in your own heart as to why things were the way that they were, while also meeting yourself with a level of compassion and a level of empathy, and also holding yourself to a higher standard going forward. That if you fell short in your estimation of how you should have, could have handled that, that you learn the lesson from that and the experience and embody that going forward. And even just on the topic of guilt and the judgment around that, how long should you feel guilty? How intense should it be? Should you be crippled with it for the rest of your life? Should you have to walk around with a placard, you know, saying what you did? Make yourself small for the rest of your life? Or can you have a sense of compassion and empathy for how you handled that at that point in time with the knowledge and resources and understanding that you had and grow and learn from the experience as regrettable as it is? And if the roles were reversed and it was the ex-partner that broke up with you in the same way or moved on with someone new, how would you feel? How would you interpret it? How would you cope? What would you expect of them? You know, how would you want them to feel? How would you want them to adapt going forward? Would you want them to be miserable for the rest of their life? Would you want them to be small? And this is the thing, you know, when we're coming from a place of hurt and a place of pain, and when those feelings are really justified and feel valid, it can be very hard to let that go. But it's also, they're holding on to the pain because life goes on regardless. You know, that person that's moved on with that other partner, they're, they're carrying on regardless of whether or not you're holding on to that pain. And this is why I'm saying post-breakup, your responsibility to yourself is to seek help, to seek support. You know, lean on your community, lean on your friendship group. They move through the pain of a loss and grieve it. And work on yourself, build up your self-concept. It's like holding that burning coal hoping that, that that other person's going to feel the pain, feel the heat, and they won't. They might not. They might never. They might not care, you know. And that's why your responsibility is to yourself. We're all different. 
We all have different levels of resilience and confidence, and some of us will seek help and get support and adapt and grieve and overcome the loss, and some of us won't. Some of us become victims, powerless. We lose our sense of self and our personal power, and we get caught and trapped in grief, unable to move forward, living in what was and losing sight of what could be. The opportunity and space that has been made now that that relationship has ended. And I'm not saying it's easy, but it does take time. It takes time working through the emotion, the loss, grieving it, rebuilding your sense of self, and recognizing some people will do the work and feel the feelings and they'll grieve and they'll grow, and others won't. And you can't take responsibility for the work that others won't do. Only your own choices and actions moving forwards. And I think that's important to touch on. When we're living from a place of grief and a place of guilt around what we've done and the harm that we've caused, sometimes we can unknowingly pull ourselves back into that cycle to try and help that person through the impact of what we've done. And I think sometimes that can perpetuate more harm. You know, for the person that acted out and did something that they shouldn't, but also for the person that's that's wounded, that's in that's in pain, that's that's angry, that that can keep them stuck in that cycle, and it can also lead you replaying old dynamics and staying trapped yourself. And it's all that condition and all that judgment and all those thoughts and feelings that keep you back in that mix. And you know, that's you trying to alleviate your own sense of guilt. You know, trying to be there for that person, still trying to manage their business, still trying to manage those things in their life that they thought that they would never be able to do without you will show you in time because they have to take responsibility for it. They have to take ownership for it. And if they allow all those things to collapse, if they allow all those things to fall to the wayside because you're no longer there, there's also a choice within that. They haven't chosen to adapt. They haven't chosen to learn new skills, learn new resources, meet the deficit where they were lacking before, whether that's cooking, cleaning, admin, different things. You know, we're resilient. We learn to move through these things in the face of loss, but you can't, Take responsibility for the work that others won't do. And if they, and this is going to sound judgy and it might sting for some people, some people will thrive in victimhood because they now have attention, they now have significance, they now have a story around why things are so shit. And there can be secondary gain and that can keep them stuck, that can disempower them. But that, that there's other benefits and needs that they're making from that, from that story and that narrative. And that's not yours to sort out, that's not yours to correct. That's their stuff. It's their life. That's the house that they're choosing to live in. And you just have to let them. You have to lovingly detach. As painful as it is, you know. And in the context of moving forwards with someone new, for the partner that's been left behind, naturally, it can hurt. Especially in small towns, as I said, where people gossip and people add things on and embellish and carry stories, you know. And especially when you're the one that's exited a relationship and you've entered into a new one, especially if it's very fast, that can make people feel like that person was waiting in the wings, that there was different things going on. And that, yeah, that might be true. And it can be overwhelming for the ex-partner. And especially if they know the person, because it's just, it's it's those small town things again. You know, it's just another layer of hurt, another layer of betrayal, another layer of harm. And they might struggle to accept that this is happening. And it's shit. Like, it is absolutely awful that these things can happen. But from the container of the person that messaged, you know, saying that I'm struggling with guilt moving forward, you have to move forward in your life and your focus has to be back on why that change needed to take place, why that relationship broke down and why you chose to end it. 
And that is the only thing that you can really shift your perspective to because how that other person feels will be unique to them. And look, as I said, some people are indifferent. They might be like, well, you know what? Fuck them. You know, I'm with, I'm with this other guy or this other girl now and this is the way it is and this is what I want and whether they like it or not, tough. And I'm not saying everybody feels like that, but there are people that are very conflicted, you know, by how they feel and what they want and what they think that they should have done and should do going forwards. Some people will switch partners before they address patterns. And you'll see this, you see it in therapy all the time, same pattern, different partner, over and over and over again, recycled. Even looking at the timeline of how long they run the relationship, it starts to become apparent. And it's not they say that they're the only common denominator, but you can see it, you can kind of see where they're failing to address, you know, their needs, what they want, their condition, all those different things. Before looking at what was lacking and what could have been changed, they were looking for a replacement. They were looking for something different. And that, that can be hard for the ex-partner, it can be devastating, but it's also looking at the opportunity that's created here within the space of somebody else to come in. And that's where the grief work comes in. That's where the, the work on the self esteem comes in, the self-worth, and not letting that define you, not letting that person's rejection and not letting that relationship end and define you because it's an experience. It was a relational experience. It will have taught you something about yourself, taught you something about partners. And it's about not internalizing that message of I wasn't enough. Or I, if I was more this, then that wouldn't have happened. Because the truth is, what wasn't communicated, you can't assume. And even the things that are communicated, sometimes it's coming from a place of pain, a place of hurt, a place of poison, where they're trying to influence or affect how you see yourself. And it's about what you know to be true. How did I show up? What can I learn from this? What can I transform going forward so that I don't have to go through this again and I don't close my heart off to meeting new people and having a fulfilling relationship so that I don't carry this forward. I don't tr carry this mistrust forward. I don't carry this fear of abandonment. I don't carry this fear of rejection. I don't carry this fear of not enoughness with me. I can let it go. I can let it be in the past. I can grieve it for what it was in that container and recognizing that, that this, this wasn't the person that I thought it was. And I think just on that, for anybody that is maybe looking at this from the lens of Jesus, well, that person moved on very fast. You don't know. You don't know all the options that were exhausted before that person got that place. You know, only they know the depth of context that's there. You know, when relationships end and somebody moves on with somebody new, if you're not in the relationship, you don't know. You genuinely don't know. Nor is it any of it's nobody's business bar the two people that were in the relationship before. And obviously the new person that's on the mix now, those support networks, you know, all the people that were intimately connected, that system are affected because they care. See everybody outside that. It's just gossip. It's just perceptions. You know, you've got your story, you've got the exit story, and then you've got the truth. It's the overall context. Everything outside of that is just perceptions and assumptions for the people that aren't a part of that system. And for every single person connected that, you know, in the media, say, whether it's the partner, the ex-partner, or the new partner, everything is going to feel true to them on their own, own level, what they their, their sense of personal truth. And it can be tough because you can have completely opposing views as to how things were. So that's why I'm saying stop trying to get caught in the story. Stop trying to influence other people's perceptions and judgments and stay true to yourself, take care of yourself, come back to what you know to be true. Why did it have to end? And if you acted in a regrettable way, what can you do differently going forward? How can you learn from this? How can you make amends, you know, if it's possible? And if it's not possible, how can you attend that grief and guilt? judgment and yourself to transform that so you don't make the same mistakes going forward and the thing is like just on that for people that are in small towns you would be surprised how little a fuck some people give 
because it is just scandal. It is just gossip. It's just a story. But at the end of that story, there's two human beings. You know, somebody that's been really hurt and somebody that's really struggling with a decision. And that's their life. And that, if they're at the center of that, they will feel like that's their whole existence swallowing them up. And that everybody's got this thought and feeling, this like nameless, shapeless monster that's judging them. You know, when the strangers in the street, they're worried about who's got a feeling, who's got an opinion, who's got this, that, and the other. And the truth is, like, for most people, they don't give a fuck. They're wrapped up in their own stuff. It's the people who are intimately connected the most in the system that are affected. For other people, it's just passing, passing gossip. That's all it is. And it always passes. It always passes. You know, when you're in the eye of a storm, it can feel overwhelming, but it passes. And then the reality is, life goes on. You have to make your bed in this new, well, I hate that saying, make your bed, but you're in this new relationship container with this new person. Set the intention. How's things going to be different this time? What way are you going to show up? What way are you going to learn from that previous relationship? And for the person that was hurt or from the person that was left behind, what are you going to learn from this? What are you going to do differently? What are you going to change and transform once you've grieved this? You know, the person that's moved on, your responsibility is to stay in integrity. They regulate your emotions and focus what's under your control and what's actually your responsibility. That's true for both of these, both partner and the ex-partner. But again, not everybody's going to adopt this mindset. And this is where I personally feel therapy coaching can be invaluable, helping people move forwards. And that's like, I work with that so much. I've had so many clients where I'm dealing with them post-breakup and there could be mad, mad, mad behavior going on. There could be wounding and trauma and stuff that I have to attend to. But it's also supporting them through the grief and the immediacy of the breakup. Um, and that puts people, you know, it fast tracks people through a lot of things, having that support system in place. And for the person that's struggling with the guilt, like even those questions that I asked at the start, how long should you be feeling guilty? How intense should the guilt be? Are you going to judge and berate yourself for the rest of your life? And should you? You know, even just looking at it from that, where are those judgments coming from? Where are those expectations coming from? And I think like just recognizing you can totally transform your quality of life, your sense of self, how you show up in the world, how you show up in future relationships and heal and see even where trauma has been an influence on how you've behaved, you know, whether it's from an attachment perspective, whether it's anxious attachment, avoidant attachment, disorganized, you know, all those things that might be relevant, but you might not know where a factor that can come up in therapy. You can start to understand it. You can start to learn how to regulate, how to cope better, how to communicate better, how to get your needs met so that we're not swapping partners over patterns. We can start to learn. We can start to you know, take responsibility and change, do the work, unpack, make sense of things so that life can be lived fully and present, not with one foot in the past, buried in regret and afraid of moving forwards. So just want to say thanks for listening and I'm very thankful for the questions. If there's any other topics that you would like me to explore, please send them in um, on social media. There are a whole load of different ways I could have went off in this episode. Um, I'm speaking very, very broadly. Obviously, guilt is centered around certain actions, and there were some questions that were very specific, but again, lack in context. Um, and I hope you find this episode helpful. If it resonated with you, please share some of your thoughts or feelings. You, know, you can DM me, you can comment on Instagram. Um, I just want to say thanks very much again for listening.